Well, you found me again. You are listening to, in some weird postmodern way, the personal blog of Kenneth John Odell. That's me. Today is Friday, December 23rd, 2011, and you are listening to episode number five of the Silent Noise Project. This is the Quantum Mechanics and English Cheese episode. As longtime listeners of my podcast will know, uh, it has been a long time since I've done an episode of the Silent Noise Project. In fact, it's been a long time since I've done an episode of any of my podcasts, and there's a reason for that. Uh, a lot of stuff has happened, most of it not very good, and uh, quite a bit of it really boring, so I'm not going to talk about it too much. But I have been thinking quite a bit about this podcast because I, I've never been very happy about the way that it's been organized. I wanted to have different segments, and I wanted to, to have a way of, of talking about them. And those of you who know me really, 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 really well, which is nobody, uh, will know that I am fans of a radio show called This American Life, which is from WBEZ Radio in Chicago and is hosted by Ira Glass and broadcast on National Public Radio. And every week they, they pick a theme, and then they tell three or four or five stories around that theme. And so the show is broken down into different acts, each act containing a different story. And I really, really like that. I thought that was cool. But I don't want to just copy that. Um, I have great admiration for that show. And while imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, um, that's I, I, it's just more like theft to me. And, of course, you know, great artists borrow, but really great artists steal, so I don't necessarily have an issue with that, but I would like to, to be at least a little bit original. So I thought what I would do is I would pick a theme uh, chosen by you, the listeners, and then I would talk about, uh, tell several stories in each segment, which I'll call a chapter. Uh, and that's because uh, the people behind This American Life are more from a theater background, and I'm from more of a literature background, so instead of acts, we'll have chapters here. Um, but I'll let you pick a theme. I suggest it. Maybe I'll pick one out of thin air. And then I'm going to tell several stories that have absolutely nothing whatsoever to do with that theme. And here's why. When I went back, uh, back in September, when I asked for ideas for my next podcast, Benjamin said, well, the universe. He said, quantum mechanics. Dan said, Britishness. And Benjamin came back with, no, no, cheese. So this is now the Quantum Mechanics and English Cheese episode. I'm not going to talk about quantum mechanics or cheese at all. Even though quantum mechanics is interesting and cheese is delightfully tasty, I'm just not going to do that. Um, instead, I'm going to talk about things that are not that, and I will tell you about them uh, as we get to them. So let's get right into Chapter 1 which is a musical introduction. Chapter 1. This is a group called Straight Outta Junior High. They're from, I want to say Nebraska, one of those Great Plains states. Anyway, I'll include a link 
in the show notes to their website and you can find out all sorts of stuff that you find interesting about them. And uh, anyway, they're a punk rock band, which is cool. And this is their song called The Happy Fun Song. And some people, upon hearing this for the first time, think that this song is really, really racist against Asian people. And it's not. If anything, it is making tremendous fun of uh, Western people, and probably specifically people from the United States. So take a listen to it. This song was pre-approved by Dan and Jake. Um, So take a listen to it and think as you listen. straight out of junior high with the happy fun song if you go on youtube and look that up there's actually a video for it and somebody in the in the uh, comments to that said ah it's so disgusting or so sad that they can't even tell the difference between chinese and japanese and i thought well that's the whole point of the song this is not an homage to asian culture this is not saying oh i think asians are so cool i want to know all about them This is saying 
Asians are so cool, I'm not going to learn anything about them and just lump them all in together. And that's why you have things in there like Quasimodo, uh, ceiling fan. You know, I mean, these are things that sound like they could be Asian. Uh, and they're not. And so it's not really a racist song making fun of Asian people. It's, it, well, it's probably a racist song making fun of silly Americans that don't bother to take the time out to discover the difference between things that are Chinese, things that are Japanese, things that are not Chinese or Japanese. Um, that's what it's all about. And it's funny. And the video's hilarious. So I'll post a link to it if I think about it, and you can watch it. Chapter 2, Don't Call Me Adam. Over the summer, I had a temporary job working in an aluminum factory. And uh, in the course of this uh, blog and podcast, I've been referring to that as the aluminum incarceration because it indeed did seem like an, uh, an incarceration. And uh, I did work with a fair number of the people with questionable background histories. Let's just put it that way. And it was, in all conceivable ways, a very bad experience. And I have wanted to write about it and wanted to podcast about it for a long time, and I and I've, I haven't been able to do that. Um, partly because when it was first over, I, I was working such incredibly long hours, uh, close to 80 hours a week, I was just too tired to make any sense of it. When I got home, I pretty much took a shower, ate something, went to bed, and then got up in time to do it all over again. Uh, it was not pleasant. Um, and then afterwards, I was just so glad that it was over, uh, and then I had other things to worry about that it just, uh, it just didn't, uh, it just didn't gel, either on paper or in, uh, in a podcast. And part of the problem now, as then, is that I never really learned anybody's uh, names. Uh, there were a lot of temps that got hired there, and uh, they pretty much went through temps, uh, like, I don't know, like Lindsay Lohan goes through rehab attempts. I don't know, some really silly metaphor. Um, actually, that would be a simile. Uh, but anyway, um, so they don't if, if if they know that you're a temp, they don't bother to tell you anybody's names. And so it becomes very, very difficult to write about this place or to talk about this place because you don't have a frame of reference for anybody. The other thing that's happened is I just don't care. I've, I've got other issues to, to worry about, and it's just suddenly not that important. It's not on my radar that much. Um, but I did get a ghost story out of it, which I will tell you about sometime later. Not in this podcast, probably, but, but later on, in the new year. Um, but something interesting did happen, and that was that because I didn't have names for anybody, I still had to think of a way to figure out who I was thinking about. And I ended up giving people uh, names uh, that only I knew about. I, I gave them names in my mind. And... Uh, of course, I really couldn't explain uh, 
or use these names to people. And this is why, because these are the names that I came up with. Uh, the first night there, I worked with Where's a Different Dale Earnhardt T-shirt to Work Every Day Lady. Uh, I also worked with Bad at Math Guy. I also worked with Our Lady of Eternal PMS. I worked with Jamaican Dude. Uh, I also worked with Used to Run a Meth Lab Guy. In addition to Day of the Week Lady, Bigfoot Looking Guy, English Guy with Bad Hygiene, uh, Tattoos on His Neck Guy, PMS Guy, Lando Calrissian's co-pilot when blowing up the second Death Star guy, uh, dirty old man on first shift guy, and tied up in his uh, has somebody tied up in his basement guy. And uh, let me just go back and explain some of these, okay? I, because that list takes some <laughs> Lucy that that list takes some splaining. Um, honest to God, there was a lady that wore a different Dale Earnhardt T-shirt to work every day, um, and she was a very nice person and. But I never learned her name. Uh, all I knew is she wore a different Dale Earnhardt t-shirt to work every day. Uh, Bad at Math Guy was one of our forklift operators. Uh, probably one of the better ones and a really sincerely nice guy. Um, and sometimes he would work on a press. And, you know, one of the things you have to do in a, in a factory like this is to uh, to take a, a test piece out every once in a while and measure it to see if it, it matches the specs. And he was working on a press one night because they had him do that sometimes. And he kept pulling his phone out. And I thought, you know, it is 3 o'clock in the morning, dude. Who are you texting? And he was actually using the calculator to do very simple subtraction problems uh, on his phone. And then I realized he was bad at math guy. But he was a great guy. Uh, Our Lady of Eternal PMS just hated everything and everybody. I have no idea why. Uh, there was a guy that used to run a meth lab, and he had no problem saying he used to run a meth lab. And if he didn't get hired in, he would probably go back to running another meth lab. Uh, yeah, uh, there was a guy that looked like Bigfoot. I kid you not. I, this, this dude was so huge. Um, he was like eight feet tall. I, I'm not joking. Um, there was a guy with PMS, or he seemed to have PMS. He was just always grouchy. There was a guy, I kid you not, the first time I saw him, I thought, I know this guy. Oh my God, I know this guy from somewhere. Where do I know him from? I've seen like that face and that little round head. And then I realized, if you watch the last episode of Star Wars, when they're blowing up the second Death Star, and Lando Calrissian has that little frog guy co-pilot that just kind of laughs, it's a really bad makeup job. It was the best George Lucas's team could come up with, I guess, but... This guy looked exactly like him, except, I mean, he didn't look ex exactly like him, but it was awfully close. Um, dirty old man on first shift guy. I worked from 11 p.m. until 11 a.m. First shift started at 7 a.m., so all the regular people only worked eight hours. And I'll, I'll, I'll explain this. I just had to readjust my microphone. That's the sound you heard. Um... I took over for, for somebody at 7 a.m. that had been running a CNC machine, which is a, an evil contraption, um, but anyway. And it, it makes about six parts every 15 minutes. It's a very slow device, but it makes it's very exacting. And all of the parts that the, this person had spent the last eight hours making were, were off. None of them were correct, so they weren't doing those tests. And so I had to go through and measure every single part on this skid. And this little old guy that came in on first shift, was working at a press probably 20 feet away from me, and he kept turning around and, and looking at me. 
and smirking. And I couldn't tell if he was, I mean, he would literally turn around and, and smirk at me. And I couldn't tell if he was just trying to be friendly or if he was really bad at coming on to his co-workers or if he was, which is, honest to God, it's what he seemed. I, I, he, I would not let my children ride their bicycles past his house, to be honest with you. That's what he reminded me of. Um, or I didn't know if he was just, you know, kind of like, haha, you're a temp and you don't know what you're doing, which is pretty much how the entire month went. Uh, and later on, I did, I did find out that he just, he gets weirded out when people measure things. I don't know what kind of weird Rain Man existence he le- leads, but if you measure something in front of him, it just kind of freaks him out. I later on found out that was true, but he's just still just seemed like a dirty old man to me. Uh, and then there was this other guy that was a temp, and somebody was, and this was a different part of the factory, and somebody was trying to describe somebody that they had run into, and I and I had no clue who they were talking about, and then finally they said something like, oh, he wears those pants that are, always have the tears and rips in them. And I said, oh, you mean the guy that looks like he probably has somebody tied up in his basement? And they're like, yes, that's the guy. And I'm like, the dude literally looked like, I mean, if you picked... 12 people at random from this factory or from anywhere and, and, and he was the 13th person and you just took random people off the street and said which of these people do you think probably has somebody tied up in their basement I bet you 90% of the people would pick him he just looked like that and he gave you that weird creepy vibe and maybe it was just that I was working third shift and all these long hours and I was super tired and that's why people creep me out but they didn't. I, I get along very well with most people, except for dirty old man on first shift guy and probably has somebody tied up in his basement guy. Obviously, I didn't. He's. I'm not the only person that uh, he gave that uh, he gave that vibe to. So, but that's part of the reason I can't really write about any of this stuff because I just don't know what to call people, and it's kind of hard to write a story about. Uh, used to run a meth lab guy. And to constantly call him used to run a meth lab guy. And I know I would, I could, you know, just pick a name. Um, I could use his real name, which you never really should do. And I could just make up a name, which is, um, you know, I could just call him Dave or, or Jim, you know. And say, Dave, yeah, he used to run a meth lab. But, you know, in my mind, he is so much used to run a meth lab guy now that I just can't see him as Dave or Jim or anything else. So... That's probably why I will never, ever talk about the aluminum incarceration ever again, besides the fact that I really want to forget it. Um, But I did get an awesome ghost story out of it. I really did see a ghost there, and I will tell you about it later. But that's why I said, this is chapter two, don't call me Adam, because I'm not good at picking out names for people. I couldn't name the animals the uh, the way Adam did, because I would not come up with names like Squirrel. Lion, chicken. I would just come up with names like taste really good animal, taste even better animal, doesn't really taste good at all animal, animal with a lot of crunchy bits you have to spit out. That's why I would not make a good Adam. That's what you would be calling things today. So that's my story.
Chapter 3, in which I give you Amy Winehouse's Guide to Basic Economic Theory. This has been a very busy and very interesting year here. Um, it is the run-up to an election year in the United States, which means, for all intents and purposes, it is an election year. Amy Winehouse, a very talented singer, died of drug-related problems at the age of 27. And it marks the 25th anniversary of the release of a truly great movie, Stand By Me. Now, all of those things may seem to be unrelated, but in fact, there is a thread that links them all together. And it's this. It's the law of supply and demand. You see, one of the things that happened after Amy Winehouse died that, that most people didn't notice in the news was that a lot of the people around her just kind of watched her self-destruct. And, and there, was, there were only a couple of people in the news that said, why didn't they step in and do something? Well, when you're a celebrity, not only do you sell your talent, but you also sell an image. You sell an aura. You sell gossip. And that all adds to your bottom line. And it adds to the bottom line of people around you. And the more messed up you are, or the more messed up you seem to be, the more magazine covers you're going to appear on. The more uh, news shows you're going to be on, the more you're going to be out in the public eye, which means the more people will buy your stuff because they just know you more. Um, they're more familiar with you. They see your face and they think, ah, I, I, I know that person. I know about that person. I need to buy that. This is why Nike and and Adidas and all these other companies spend so much time just getting their logos, which are very simple logos, uh, just plastered everywhere. Because the more you see an item, scientific studies have proven, the more likely you are to buy that item. And the same is true of celebrities. And so celebrities that tend to keep their nose, that keep their noses clean, um, and I'm thinking here of probably somebody like Jesse McCartney, you never really see a lot in the news because they're busy being talented and doing their own thing and not getting in trouble. And people like Lindsay Lohan, who has not released a, a an, an album ever or has not released a good movie in, well, has not released a good movie ever either, uh, is constantly in the news because they are constantly in trouble. And this is what happened with Amy Winehouse. Oddly enough, um, that's the law of supply and demand. The more demand there is for something, the greater the supply will be to expand it. So uh, one thing you can do if you are, if you as a celebrity is, that if you're not in demand, if people aren't noticing you, is to do something to get yourself in trouble. Um, and celebrities are pretty good at doing that all of the time. But you know, the other aspect of this, and this is where Stand By Me comes in, because Stand By Me starred River Phoenix in uh, probably one of his earliest really good roles. And of course he later ended up dying of a drug overdose, just like uh, Amy Winehouse and a lot of other people did. And this is where the drugs thing comes in as well, because there are certain people in this country who tend to call themselves conservatives. And they say, well, we should let the marketplace figure things out. We should let the laws of supply and demand operate, and everything will be just fine. 
They tend to forget, though, that the laws of supply and demand uh, also apply to things like really tacky celebrity tabloids, and they also apply to things like illegal drugs. If there is a demand for illegal drugs, then somebody is going to fill that demand. Uh, and because illegal drugs really aren't healthy, people will die from those uh, fulfilled demands. And, you know, celebrities, tabloids, and books about celebrities are filled with people. River Phoenix, Amy Winehouse, Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix, Jim Morrison, all sorts of people that, that are famous and pretty much now, more than anything, famous for having died of a drug overdose. Illegal uh, things follow the laws of supply and demand just as well, if not more so, than legal things. So you can't say we should just let the marketplace take care of itself because it will take care of itself in ways that, that we don't like. People will always want things that they shouldn't have, like illegal drugs. And it will also involve things like illegal immigration. Why do we have illegal immigrants in this country? And I'm not speaking out in favor of illegal immigration per se, because my ancestors came to this country legally. But, um, you know, why do we have, what is it, 13 million undocumented workers in this country? Because there is a demand for their labor. That's why. They are simply here fulfilling a, a demand. They're supplying the demand for that kind of labor that most people aren't willing to do. Now, that's the conservative side of things. They don't like it when things don't fit into their uh, frame of reference, and so they say, well, we'll just make those things illegal. And, of course, drugs and illegal immigration are illegal and and that's and that's fine but you have to remember they also fall under the laws of supply and demand if you want to get rid of illegal drugs dry up the supply get people in rehab which means you have to have rehab programs if you want to get rid of illegal immigration then you need to regulate those companies that pay people literally pennies per hour to do terrible terrible jobs and find ways to make people make it easier for people to come here legally. Now, there are people uh, on the left, people like myself, who say the free market is fine. It's great. The laws of supply and demand do work. But if there's not a profit to be made, like in providing health care to people, or in providing uh, housing, affordable housing for poor people, or making sure that poor people, and, and especially poor children, have adequate uh, food, um, that's an issue for us, and that's one that we don't trust the marketplace to take care of. And that's what it boils down to. What don't you trust the marketplace to take care of? As a liberal, as a leftist, as a progressive, um, I would probably fall uh, under the category of communist or pinko or socialist or whatever, according to some people who are running Ron Paul. Um, but the fact of the matter is, I, I trust the free market to take care of a lot of things, but I don't trust it to take care of everything. It's not going to take care of health care. It's not going to make sure that poor people have adequate food, that they have adequate housing. That's why we have to step up as citizens and as fellow human beings and make sure that those things get taken care of. 
I am no different in that regard from a conservative who says, let's let the free market take care of things. I trust the free market to take care of things, except for drugs and Mexicans. You know, and that's basically what they're talking about. You know, they don't mind regulation when it's that kind of regulation, when it regulates things they don't like. Um, you know, if, if I think the free market does a great job except when it comes to things like health care and taking care of the poor and you want to call me a communist, you know, that's, that's fine. But um, you're going to hear these words bandied about quite a bit and people will say free market this and free market that and they will talk about letting the market fulfill demand. Well, think about the things people are demanding and think about which of those things you can make a profit at. Those are the things that will tend to get fulfilled, legally or otherwise. Think about the things that people demand, that there is a demand for, that it's difficult to make money at. Those are the things that those of us on the left would like to take care of and would like to work together to take care of our fellow human beings. So there really is not that much difference between the left and the right. It's just the things that, uh, that we notice, I guess, that we don't think the market is very good at taking care of. Anyway, that's why I called this Amy Winehouse's Guide to Economic Theory. People don't die, die of drug overdoses, folks. They die because the laws of supply and demand work extraordinarily well when they are unregulated. In fact, they probably work too well when it comes to dangerous things, whether they are drugs or oil pipelines. Who knows? Uh, but that's my take on it. Something to, something to think about the next time you watch a political debate on television or you see a political ad on television. Chapter 4, it's that time of year again. And it is that time of year again. It is cold and flu season. It, there are some other holidays, apparently. Um, but I'm not going to enjoy those because somebody celebrated cold and flu season by giving me one. And so if I don't sound entirely coherent, it's because I have wonderful, wonderful cold medicine. Uh, and if I sound rather nasal, it is because... Uh, I can't actually breathe through my nose, and in fact, I'm wearing glasses as I say this, um, and they're just killing my sinuses. So if things don't seem right today, there's a reason for that. And yet, way back in episode number three of the Silent Noise Project, I attributed a song that I played to a group called the Patinettes. And that was a mistake. Mea culpa, mea culpa. That song was actually by the Corn Tucker Band. So in order to give the Patinettes, who are this great folk rock group from actually from Zaragoza, Spain, uh, in order to give them their due, I'm going to play you a song off their album Bliss called Brainless, because that's what I was then, and that's how I feel now. 
Uh, if you like the song, you can listen to more music by the Patinettes by going to their MySpace page at myspace.com slash thepatinettes. And if you don't know how to spell that, I will include a link in the show notes. So without further ado, this is Brainless by the Patinettes off their album Bliss. Fifties, maybe feeling to it. I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely it's it's harking back to an older time in rock and roll history, and that's why I like it. And how I messed that up earlier when I wasn't in the middle of a Nyquil haze, I I, I don't know. Uh, but I do apologize to the Patinets, even though they have no idea who I am. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, anyway, that will bring us to our next chapter. Chapter 5, the OCD update, otherwise known as Wapner's On at 4. 
quite a few of you uh, have noticed um, I'm somewhat OCD um, and I don't know why where that comes from or why or why that is at all um, but uh, when things are stressful like this summer and this fall and now this winter oh, oh my OCD really red lines and one of the things I do as a result is to keep lists of things um, and one of the things I'm, <laughs> I have lists all over the place and one of the things I made a list of actually uh, are some of my OCD compulsions and I'm kinda of running out of time this is getting to be rather long people are busy um, I am busy I will not be back until after the new year um, but I, I made a list and I wrote it down on a 3x5 index card and of course that creates another OCD compulsion because now it has to go with other 3x5 index cards that are of a similar topic and they all have to be facing the same way and la da 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 but anyway uh, this just some of my OCD compulsions and I'm not even sure what some of these mean at this point because I'm uh, I did at the time but and some of these are broad umbrella categories that cover other things and apparently one of my OCD compulsions is explaining things too much beforehand um, but I have a whole list of things here uh, storage containers germs money organization punctuation lists office supplies turning things off closing doors and drawers and in fact this blog is in some way an effort to bring some sense of order to my life because I, I feel like I can get things organized and categorized and tagged and, and, and all of that. Um, yeah, anyway, I'm not going to spend too much time talking about this today because um, I am running out of time. At some point, these podcasts just get way too long and it. We are approaching the 40-minute mark, and I still have about 10 minutes of other things I need to talk about. So, But rest assured, I will eventually talk about many, many of these things. OCD Update will be a regular, if somewhat intermittent, feature of this podcast. I, I assure you. We now come to chapter 6, in which our revels are ended, pretty much. Uh, I'm going to spend a little bit of time talking about the things I didn't talk about. So just going through some of my note cards here. Um, I had a lot more to say, actually, about famous people dying in Hollywood, because there are actually a lot of uh, death metaphors uh, that happen in Hollywood um, that are unique to Hollywood. So that's an odd phenomenon in and of itself. And of course, Amy Winehouse died at the age of 27, and there's 
a whole mythology that's risen up around people rich, not rich, but famous people that die at the age of 27 in Hollywood. So I'll talk about that in a future podcast. Um, what else did I leave out? I did not tell you the aluminum incarceration ghost story, which I certainly will because it's good, because it's true. It actually happened. Um, I will definitely, definitely tell that. There's another story um, that I wrote for a magazine called The First Line, which I never actually got around to sending them because by the time I got it finished, the deadline had come and passed. And I'll talk about that and I'll read you the story in in a future podcast. Uh, I didn't do a whole lot with OCD Update just because we're running out of time. Um, But I will eventually. And I'd kind of like to come up with a different name for OCD Update. And if you have something you think of that sounds good, you can add a comment uh, down below and I will take a look at those, and one of you will win, and I will give you something shiny, like a penny. Uh, I had a really cool song from uh, a group called Man, Woman, Child called Chili La Roja. Uh, it's an awesome song. I need a chance to play it for you, but I will in future. I also had some music from a group called Dorothy's Magic Bag off their album Cats in My Head that I was going to use as background music for some of the pieces I was going to do, but I've run out of time. And I guarantee you that none of you have heard that music. And it's good. It's it's kind of ambient music, so I like it. Uh, I did not talk about Rent-A-Felon, also known as the Last Chance Employment Agency. I certainly will. Uh, that's actually turning into more or less a written piece. So I will probably develop that into a long written piece and submit it somewhere. But I'll, I'll, I'll read some excerpts here. Um, also in my note cards, uh, Dungeons & Dragons. I was going to talk some more about RPGs. Um, and I will eventually. I also have in my note cards, uh, I have a single note card with the phrase ephemeral moments of complete lucidity written on that. I have no idea when I wrote that or why, but I will eventually figure that out and then I will talk about it. The other thing I did not talk about, uh, because this came up from one of my summer jobs, is the ethics of animal testing because I, I did work in a facility that produced or produces animals for animal testing and uh, over the summer, and I've been meaning to talk about that for some time, but I haven't gotten around to it. I will, trust me. For next time, um, what is going to be the next non-theme theme? In other words, what is the thing I'm not going to talk about? You know, I, I pretty much know, I just told you a lot of the things I'm going to talk about, and I have some other things, but what's going to be our next non-theme? That's up to you. You can certainly... Uh, leave a message in the Podcast Awareness Network group on the Big FB. But you're here right now, so just scroll down to the bottom of this page and leave a comment, and I will see that. And we'll figure out the things I'm not going to talk about. And if you win a prize and I pick your non-theme theme, theme, uh, I'll give you something shiny, like two pennies. Uh, Also, in the last episode, number four, I mentioned something that Will Wheaton said. Um, And this is kind of why I'm going with the non-theme theme thing, uh, because he said, if you are interested, you will be interesting. I'm going to include a link to that in the show notes, and uh, so you can listen to that, although it's one of his early podcasts, so the whole thing is not that good. But part of the problem, I think, with our modern culture is that people and, and corporations spend too much time trying to be all things to all people. 
Um, they're trying to make everybody happy just so that everybody will buy their product, and I think it's ridiculous. Uh, and I certainly think that being in an election cycle, we are going to see a whole lot of that. And, and already I've, I've been listening to clips of politicians in front of one group saying that they believe in position A, and then they're in front of another group and they say they believe in position B, and then they get in front of another group and they say they believe in position C, because that's what those groups want to hear. And of course, what the politician really believes in, who knows, um, because he says whatever it takes to get himself or herself some votes. So, like Popeye said, I am what I am. I'm going to talk about the things I find interesting. If you find them interesting, that's cool. If you don't like them, that's cool too. One thing I am going to do in the future is uh, do some podcasting contests, some blogging contests, some real live meat space contests. Uh, a couple of them, I haven't, I haven't quite figured out how this is going to work yet, but Definitely from time to time I mentioned the Canadian bonus. I mentioned that in this podcast. I mentioned it a lot on this blog. I mention it oftentimes in real life. So I'm thinking of a way for you to collect those moments, keep track of them, write them down, and then I'll just have like an email address and you can send in your entries and I'll pick one at random and you'll win a prize. I also do a lot of times, especially on this blog, uh, I, but often in real life, I'll, I'll, it goes back to those Dungeons and Dragons days when you have characters with different characteristics. And I think I wrote about that in the show notes for uh, Project Wide Awake. Not Project Wide Awake. Uh, Silent Noise Project number four. Although maybe it was Project Wide Awake. I don't remember. Um, but I wrote about those uh, character traits. A lot of times in real life, or on this blog, or in a podcast, I'll say, well, plus one charisma to you, uh, plus two charisma, um, plus three intelligence, whatever. Collect those. If I say something like, oh, uh, oh, my stars and garters, which is actually going to be an upcoming uh, blog entry on this blog. If I say that, and then I'll say something like, if you understand where that comes from, if you know where that comes from, then plus two charisma to you. Uh, and keep track of that. And then you're going to enter your points and I'll do a drawing, and you know, for every point you'll get a, uh, an entry, and um, then you'll win something big and huge and important, like a candy bar, or a, and something shiny, like a penny, two pennies, a Canadian penny. That there you go. Um, I'm still not figuring. I I don't know what the prizes will be like, but I, uh, pay attention. I'm gonna I'm gonna get around to this uh, because it's cool and it's fun, and I want you to listen and enjoy to th uh, to this podcast. So I will think about that. If you have ideas, again, drop down below and uh, drop me a comment. And I will take all of that into consideration. Well, you know what that sound means. It is time for shout-outs. Yes, shout-outs. And my first one goes to Jake. Jake, yes, you are too pretty. This goes back to uh, the Halloween episode of Project Wide Awake, so go back and listen to that. You'll know what we're talking about. I'm glad you had a great time in Colorado, uh, and thanks for your support of this uh, 
blog in this podcast. I do appreciate that. Uh, Dan, I still have the pen, the pen you gave me. Remember the one with the purpley goodness? I have that still. Benjamin, I'm still voting for loops, not strings, okay? Loops. And uh, thanks for making me the bestest speller. I'm going to get a picture of that up on this blog uh, before too long. Uh, Brandon, I'm glad you're working. Glad. Uh, I, I wish the, the college thing had worked out with the scholarship, but uh, you've got a roof over your head, you got three square meals a day, and a bed to sleep in. Which sounds a lot like jail, although I know you're just living at your parents' house, which could sound a lot like jail for some people. But anyway, things will get better. Uh, Kevin, yes, listening to Nickelback certainly cancels out wearing a U of M shirt, and plus some, all right? So plus two charisma for you, Kevin. Uh, Noah from the great blue and yellow place up north, welcome aboard. Uh, And be good. Josh, I did give you plus one charisma for having Neil Diamond on your iPod, uh, and I'm going to give you another two charisma points for having the entire album. And Cody, if you are listening, finish that book, man. I want to read it. Uh, To all of the other people that I have probably missed, and listen, I don't mention last names ever. I don't even mention last initials a lot of times. Um, So if you are listening and you hear your name, it could be somebody else, but it's not. It's you. So to people like Zach, Connor, Noah, Davis, Sarah, Carrie, Patricia, Josh, uh, Prasanna, Joe, Cam, Sayahir, Noah, uh, different Noah, Brian, Mitch, uh, Ricky, Mason, all you people, thanks for listening. Uh, You definitely get a shout out. And thanks to all who donated to support this blog. That includes Jake and Karen C. Thanks so much. Songs by Straight Out of Junior High are provided tonight by Mevio's Music Alley. You can check it out at music.mevio.com. Songs by the Patinettes are provided by Gemendo, which you can find at gemendo.com. Incidental music is by Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com. You have been listening to, in some weird postmodern way, the personal blog of Kenneth John Odell. That's me talking. Thanks for listening. You are free to comment, as always, but remember, that guy from Poland is listening, so be nice. That way he doesn't pick up any of your bad, naughty words. Uh, If you like the music that you hear, you can follow the links in the show notes and buy some music from them. A lot of groups just give their music away in the hopes that you'll give them a donation, so please do that. As always, you can show me some love, or at least some incredibly platonic appreciation, by clicking on the Donate button in the upper left-hand corner. And again, thanks to those folks that have already done that, like Jake and Karen. In some weird postmodern way, and the Silent Noise Project, our copyright 2011 by Kenneth John Odell, and are released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike License. 
For more information, visit creativecommons.org. And as always, you can find all of my podcasts and lots of other fun, good stuff uh, at blog.kjodel.net. That's blog.kjodle.net. Thanks for listening. Have a great evening and stay safe. And remember, I don't know what I want you to remember. Find something that you won't forget and remember it. That's the safest thing to do. Drive the seat.